Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso Podcast. Happy to be back here with you on more topics related to early childhood, families, and beyond based here in Taos, New Mexico. On this episode, it is our second of a uh, series on World Breastfeeding Week as we approach that at the beginning of August. Um, topics related to breastfeeding, and I'm so happy to have my guest here today. Somebody you've heard about, uh, heard from many years ago, or months ago at least, but uh, thanks for joining again. Would you like to introduce yourself? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. My name is Aspen Mirabal. I'm here from Taos, from the Taos Pueblo community, and happy to speak to you all on, about breastfeeding. Thank you, Aspen. Um, and we spoke a little bit before we started recording about the many things you're involved in, and I only know of a fraction of them. When it comes to breastfeeding as a topic, uh, I was mentioning that, especially for our airing of this program on the radio, I think that the unique uh, process here is that people come in contact with these topics who may not be um, in a position to seek them out otherwise. So when it comes real broadly to breastfeeding or an event like World Breastfeeding Week that's coming up. Um, What is the reason why this is uh, significant to highlight in your mind? Yeah, so I'm just going to speak to a little bit of my background. Um, I'm an indigenous um, birth worker for northern New Mexico. So that encompasses being a full-spectrum doula um, and then, of course, the indigenous lactation aspect of it. So before, um, let's see, this was like Three or four years ago, I was honored to train with Cami and Kim, and they're both indigenous IBCLCs. And they launched an indigenous breastfeeding counselor training, and it's a 45 hour basically like foundational lactation counselor program specifically for those that are native, indigenous, First Nations. And so that really put, um, I guess, built my strength around how to educate those um, who are breast and or chest feeding and then their partners or community members or how to support those in their breastfeeding journey. And so to answer your question, um, I feel like specifically like our society is so detached from the breastfeeding person, breastfeeding mother, a child being fed at the breast is like, is shocking for some you know and then like in my travels in central and south america it's so widely common and not questioned and so like my main desire is just to normalize the experience um, not just with breastfeeding but all the methods of um, feeding an infant yeah it is fascinating something as simple and as um human and biological as breastfeeding can be so removed from our daily lives. I imagine historically, I mean, I don't know the history, you know, but I imagine it was intentional. I imagine that it had a lot to do with shame or with um, privacy. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around how we as a species of the various cultures that we embody can go down a path where feeding your baby from your breast with the food that your body grows to grow the the baby you also grew um is somehow complicated or outside of what we uh deem normal or something i don't know it seems very disconnected to me i don't know if you have any thoughts on on shedding light on that yeah so i think that um 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like indigenous people for so long, since first contact, right, the settlers have perceived us as, well, savages, as dirty, as like unclean. And so to see, um, you know, people breastfeeding or naturally feeding their children, it was like, it was almost like um, disgusting for them. And I know that there's like texts from um, different um, journals of settlers that would witness indigenous people breastfeeding and that being considered barbaric, in fact. And at that point, there was already this, um, there was um, uh, wet nurses, um, black slaves that would be nursing white children. And for native people to be openly breastfeeding, it was perceived as like, as something that wasn't just because by then the breasts, the breasts had already been um, sexualized. And so with that shame that was implemented on um, our native people, there was this feeling of like internalized um, guilt and also this um, shame, <laughs> I guess I'm using that word again, towards breastfeeding. And so during the movements of like, you know, fast forward to like formula, um, a lot of native communities were pushed into using formula, but almost like a status. Like if they breastfed, it was like unclean and using formula would be like the more modernized, um, the better way of feeding your child. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, but it definitely does. No, I mean, and I, I know it's a probably, you know, it's an endless massive history. So I really do appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, in the time that we have, thank you for touching on those things. And here we are in 2022, um, whatever that means in the span of uh, the future. But um, as we look at breastfeeding currently, I imagine the approach is one that is still in response to that very long series of histories and interpretations and um, everything else that comes with um, just what we're talking about, the relationship our communities, individuals, societies, and cultures have with the idea of breastfeeding. When you work with um, new mothers uh, currently, um, you mentioned a few of the things maybe that are, are, are stumbling blocks or thoughts that they have that they're working through regarding approaching breastfeeding. Um, can you share any more about that process? Yeah, so um, I'm currently not seeing any clients only because I have an almost five-month-old. He's my firstborn son. Congrats. And so I've really taken some time off. But prior to that, you know, as a doula or even when I was a home visitor, I try to uh, normalize the experience that no matter what, um, they have a choice in how they want to feed their babies. And all I can do is provide the most accurate information, information that feels inclusive of all people. So there's, you know, variety in how you can feed a baby breast milk. You know, it doesn't have to be at the breast. You have supplemental like systems and bottle feeding or pumping. And so recognizing that there can be a conversation that can be like openly had with families uh, within their families, within their communities has been like my first approach. And then when I'm more like involved with the families, um, you know, it, 
in respecting their wishes if they do want to breastfeed we go more in depth in like the different stages of breastfeeding when the breasts um change and how babies choose to be at the breast or when they don't basically when they're hungry showing signs of feeding cues um and then like you know issues that can happen naturally you know mastitis to engorgement ducks, and how to like ease or maybe even prevent those things from happening um but you know to be honest there's a lot of of that shame that i'm still recognizing in indigenous rural communities that I don't feel like the common IBCLC or the um, white lactation practitioner even recognizes, you know? I'm sure. I get it. I hear you. And that's a great reminder for me as someone that has been around a lot of females breastfeeding in my adult life, um, that there are so many nuances and moments within the realm of uh, even a mother deciding to start breastfeeding. Um, but yeah, all the various ways that um, pumping can happen if you want to essentially preserve milk for when you're not going to be around the baby as a, as a process. And then like you mentioned, the uh, amazing um, amazingness of the ways in which the liquid leaving the breast changes depending on the relationship with the baby or the stage of the baby's development is that that's kind of what you mentioned as well right yeah so um you know i uh one prime example of that is when someone's sick right like during times of covid people were like can i still breastfeed my baby and it's like absolutely in fact you're giving all the antibodies all the protective enzymes and, and proteins that your body needs in order to stay safe from the virus and you know last month I uh, came down with COVID and so did my baby and he was good within 20, 24 hours and I just kept him at, at the breast and you know even though I was miserable he was back to his normal self active and wanting to be interacted with and healthy and just you know showing all the good signs so yeah, there's different um, different concepts that I'll bring up with families. It's all like individual things. Sorry, I just had to pause there because we, yeah, we need something in this sure. <laughs> But um, no, yeah, it's case by case too. You know, there's um, families that I've seen with a lot of um, you know, that are survivors of sexual violence. And so the way of, that I would approach that is is different than someone who's very much open with their body. And so it's no matter what, you know, I'm always respectful and trying to be, you know, not so invasive because this experience of breast and chest feeding can be very vulnerable, especially in those first couple of weeks of like learning how to do it or relearning how to feed your baby. Yeah. What can those listening who aren't breastfeeding mothers do to support those who may be interested in becoming more comfortable with that? I'm wondering and if there's any, you know, tell me if this is a bad direction to go, but, you know, for folks who might be in the community and see someone breastfeeding, um, you know, like what can those who aren't breastfeeding do to support those who want to become more comfortable with it if, if there's any answers to that? <laughs> um, so this might sound interesting, but um, don't stare. 
And don't praise them for doing that. If you go into another country, like, are you going to go up to a person and say, oh, thank you so much for breastfeeding your baby or breast is best, you know, or like, oh, look at that mother, their bond. No, like, don't do that. That, like, I wouldn't appreciate that at all. And I really do not appreciate when people stare at me during that process because it's natural, you know. Am I going to stare at the person next to me eating a burger? No, I'm I'm not. <laughs> like, that's their own thing. Let them eat, nourish themselves, because it's normal. We all need to eat. Thank you so much, Aspen, for um, sharing all of that with us and educating us. In our last couple of minutes, um, as we continue to uh, discuss and bring attention to the upcoming World Breastfeeding Week as a reason to discuss breastfeeding, are there any last things you'd like to share with listeners out there um, from your perspective on this very broad topic? Yeah, so um, kind of new is the Indigenous Milk Medicine Week, and that's the second week of August. So this year it's going to be held August 8th through the 14th. And the theme this year is really beautiful. Um, the theme is strengthening our traditions from birth and beyond. So this is, um, you know, breastfeeding is not new for us. However, celebrating it and, and feeling like we have, um, you know, the right to celebrate, you know, the medicine of milk, how we produce milk and make milk. Um, we wanted to recognize that as indigenous people. And so because... Um, well, it's fairly new. Um, a lot of the happenings are going to be virtual. So there's going to be like a virtual 5K. There's going to be sunrise ceremonies, um, support circles, and movement sessions for those that are breast and chest feeders, but also parents in general. So that can all be um, looked up or um, people can find more about that on the Indigenous Milk Medicine Week pages on Instagram and Facebook. And that's pretty much where I'm getting my, my updates. Cool, thank you. And so you mentioned Indigenous Milk Medicine pages on Instagram and Facebook. So we will link those in the description that accompanies the podcast file um, for those who obtain this show that way. So you can just click through. Um, well, thanks again, Aspen. Really always appreciate your wisdom and, and insights. And uh, thanks for being willing to share with us today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Paso, 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 paso. Podcast. <laughs>